Hello, we're live. Welcome in. It's just a stream. We're just hanging out today. <laughs> Come on in. Make sure you can hear me. Make sure you can see me. Thank you so much for joining me. We haven't done one of these in a while. I miss you guys so much. I miss y'all so much. I'm from Texas now. I got to say y'all. Really appreciate you coming in. Yeah, let's just have some fun, man. Whatever questions you have, whatever you want to you know, ask or talk about, drop it in the a comment section below. We'll do a, a just a you know hour, hour and a half. Who knows how long we'll go of just a stream and uh, try talk about as many topics as we can. Um, whatever, yeah, whatever thoughts you have, drop them in the comment section below. A lot going on in the world of uh, of technology, AI, Tesla, autonomous vehicles, the car market, Twitter. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff. Let's see who we got. Who do we have? We got DRK, Goat Mods, man. DRK, Memi, so many other ones. Hadouken, longtime member. Uh, really appreciate you guys for joining us today. Hanif or Hanif, I'm sorry. I hope I'm pronouncing her correct. Glad to hear producer wife give her opinion on FST. I know. That FST video, man, I'm telling you, that FST drive was nuts. It was really very, it was quite eye-opening for me. I mean, I was the kind of person that because of where I live, uh, sort of the suburbs of Austin that we live, a lot of the driving we did was certainly there's like weird highway, but not drives where they were double wide, separated by a median. It's not really a highway, but the speed limit is like 55. And so it was a navigate on autopilot stack on what should have really been FSD. And so I really just didn't use FSD nearly as much as I should around my area. But now that they've done single stack, I can use it all the time. And it boy, has it improved dramatically, not just in the city, but just in all situations. For me in this, in, in my use cases, and I don't know if this applies to everybody because I know there's still mixed for a lot of people. But for me, the highway drive with FSD is significantly better than navigate on autopilot to the point that I would say that the way FSD drives on the highway is is safer than I would drive because it's not impatient and it does 99% of the maneuvers that I would do at any given time and it and it's the one thing it doesn't do well the one thing it doesn't do well which I, I it used to do but it for some reason I don't know if it's glitched or something it doesn't get out of the passing lane as quickly as I would hope, or really ever. <laughs> Once it makes it to the passing lane, like winning the left lane, as long as there is uh, no exit coming up for a while, it just seems to kind of want to cruise in that lane. And I just don't, you know, I, I, I would rather be in the middle or right lane, especially if I'm not passing somebody. So, and that's by law, a lot of states have that where it's, you know, keep right except to pass or use the left lane for passing only. That's not what people do. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. So I think I think that should be relatively straightforward for them to fix. And I think with a 0.4 uh one, they would they would fix this. But everything else, man, it's just smooth. Check out the video with me and my wife, with producer wife, uh, that I posted. What was it? Yesterday? Two days ago? It was great. Welcome in, everybody. Make sure we can uh we can uh we can see me, you can hear me. Uh thank you, DRK, for for that formatting. Uh can we give a round of applause to our mods, man? Our mods have been killing it. And I haven't had a chance to actually personally thank every single mod. So all the mods, uh, every single one of you, thank you so much. Seriously, you have no idea how proud I am of the community that we're building. Consistently, every time we do a live stream with a guest, the comment section is alive. And there's really good discussion. And it's because of the kind of community we've built and the job that mods have done. So thank you so much, mods. You deserve so much credit. Uh, this channel is as much yours as it is mine, right? And this doesn't exist without everyone's input, really. So y'all deserve huge amounts of credit. Seriously, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Hadouken. Yeah, that, that full self-driving video was very eye-opening. It was very, very eye-opening. Not legal advice. Richard, aka Borghan, aka Borgface, aka Borgtoe. He has a new channel, Not Legal Advice. It's actually really, really good, y'all. It's, it's, it's a really good channel. It's one of those things I knew Richard was going to do a great job with this venture once he started because the idea was, you know, make a uh, uh, a channel that's focused on legal proceedings around Tesla and the world of Tesla, but like, you know, sort of there. And his content has been phenomenal. Not legal advice. Go check him out. Really, really good channel. Seriously. Fantastic. Uh, 
<laughs> you know you're big when you have mods. <laughs> I'm just very fortunate to be surrounded by the people, man. But but y'all, it's just I'm so grateful. I'm really really grateful. Yeah, and producer wife is a rock star. Actually, today I'm. It's it's just me today. There's no producer wife because this is one of the ones where I really wanted to be super engaged with with the community. Usually, where producer wife has been super helpful has been on the live streams. I don't have to worry about um, highlighting the right comment or really worry about the production value of the thing so much. My you know my wife will take care of that producer wife, Cindy, whatever y'all want to call her. <laughs> she likes producer wife. Um, she's focused hundred percent on that. And then I can focus like super hardcore on the conversation. And that's one thing that I underestimated just how important it is to ensure that you're 100% in lockstep with your guest. Cause then you can ask the right question. You kind of can, can keep information in your head a little bit longer because you're not, you know, sort of like, um, I don't want to say distracted, but you're not focusing on two things at once. And I think for the live stream videos we do where I do interviews, I think it's very important for me to be as engaged with the conversation as humanly possible. And then the comments section, it's its own thing that it's like a discussion. It's almost like a, like a, like it's like part of the discussion, but it's you guys that's driving the discussion. So we have the conversation and then the comments section is this sort of like additional bonus to the conversation where you can kind of go in and get the takes of what people are thinking, how they're responding to the conversation. And then having someone that's almost owns that part of it and producer wife, and then I can focus on really bringing out as much as possible from the conversation, I believe is a formula that's worked really well. So you guys tell me if that's the case or not. I would love to hear your opinion on that. But I, I personally feel like it's it's worked really, really well. Really, really well. Really, really well. Um, and I'm very proud of it. Thank you, Mimi. Thank you. Love you guys so much. Thank you, DRK. You guys are awesome. Uh, question from uh, Jaybird Cybertruck. Question, what are your thoughts on the wiring for the new modular system? And have you seen the picture of the new wiring pattern being used in Cybertruck? I have not, or maybe I have, but I don't. Maybe they didn't stick out to me. Um, I think having a that unbox process or sort of the next-gen process with the Cybertruck, these are the type of innovations that don't get really valued too much by by Wall Street. It's like, oh, you, you're doing the wiring a new way. Is that cool? That's maybe not as groundbreaking, but sort of what what there's so much that goes on to that, right? Because you can then change your entire processes at the factory level because of the changes you've made to the wiring and the harness, right? And OEM, uh, a, a legacy automaker, is going to craft their manufacturing processes to what suppliers are providing so they can optimize for the kind of stuff they get versus Tesla, the way they approach it is like, okay, what is the fastest way humanly possible to build a car? And then they build as many of the auxiliary parts that suppliers would be sending them in this case. They make in-house as many as possible. And those are optimized to be built in a car that will be built at the fastest rate possible. So it's a complete different approach in building a car. And we've seen this over and over again with Monroe and their breakdowns and everything, right? With uh, Sandy and Corey and those awesome guys over at Monroe. So um, it's great. It's going to allow them to get to that Gen 3, you know? Cybertruck's going to benefit from it as well. It's stuff that no other automaker really focuses on. So I would not be surprised if it has outsized positive um, impact, you know? Uh, <laughs> did you go kayaking this weekend? The weekend's not here yet, so I'll let you know. <laughs> we'll see. I'm already second-guessing myself. <laughs> uh, I disagree. It's yours, bro. Killing it. Killing it. Yes. A lot of love. A lot of love. Is, we have such an awesome, such an awesome, awesome, um, such an awesome community we have. We really do. Uh, in our Discord, man, for, for those of us that are in the Discord, if you, if you want to join the Discord, just click on join right below this video. Thank you so much for your support. But we had a conversation around the, so the stuff that's been happening around gun violence in the United States, just to kind of give you an idea of sort of the variety of, of stuff we talk about. It was such a great discussion that really brought forward the complexity of the issue. Um, I'm just so proud of, of, my, of our community, for real. It's such an amazing, such an amazing community. So proud of it. 
unbelievable. It's like unbelievable that we're here. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's so cool. Uh, China news is huge regarding ice cars in July. Not really sure what uh, Richard means by that. Uh, China ice July. Nope. It's just giving me stuff for ice cream in Japan or China rather. Uh, help me, help me understand what that is. Somebody. Um, when do you think we will finally get the details on the production version of the Cybertruck? It's supposed to start production in the summer, which is coming pretty quickly. Great question. Typically, from what I've seen with other launches, and you guys tell me if you've seen this as well, it's about six months after the first production mules, sort of the alpha beta versions of these cars hit the streets when we start seeing um, the first deliveries of the first units. So I'm guessing end of September, beginning of October, if, if I'm a betting man. Ideally, this sucker is released on 4th of July in at Giga Texas with the first Cybertruck rolling off the line with a big American flag and a big Texan flag. Come on. Elon, if you're watching this, bro, just let's just do that. Just do one unit. Just, just, just build the first one. Keep it to yourself. Call it a delivery event. And then release the second one in October. But the first one, <laughs> somebody in the bed of the truck just chugging a freaking Miller Lite, you know, or a, or a Tito's handle. Tito's is vodka that's uh, made in tech in Austin. Just just go crazy. <laughs> I think talk about marketing. Talk about marketing. Uh, can you speak? Uh, how many non-human robots do you think are in use within Gigafactories? Um, so meaning... Like non-humanoid robot, you mean like a Kuba? Like, or not a Kuba, a Kuba is one of our members on Discord. You're talking about, the, I forget, I'm blanking on the name for him, but like the arm ones, right? Uh, I'm not really sure how many. Um, probably as many as uh, and like other car manufacturers, you know? Hundreds? I'm not really sure what the number is, but maybe maybe somebody in the comment section knows better than I do. Efficient strategy gaming. Thank you so much for the super chat. $5 super chat. I appreciate you. What is a key economic metric that is resulting in mass EV adoption? I always thought it would be oil prices, but it looks like I'm wrong. In my opinion, that's a phenomenally good question. Thank you so much for the question. I believe is two things. One is, well, economic metric. I just think cost per mile. Cost like all in costs per mile is what's driving the EV adoption. And so if you look at the Model S when that was first released, the Model S for the price of the car, the amount of money you would have to pay per month to keep that thing running was a fraction of a competing car. So when so when I had a Model S back in 2016, 2017, I had a 75D. We bought that thing for 90 grand. Okay, we bought two of them, like a bunch of morons. Okay, we had two Model S's. Who, like, we're so dumb. We sold both of them because we're like, this is the dumbest thing ever. But just that's a data point for you. <laughs> Don't do that. But it was great cars. Um, our monthly payment for me, my seventy-five D monthly cost to run the car. Forget about the monthly payment <laughs> aside. The maintenance, the fuel equivalent in this case, electricity. And all the other costs were about the same as my Mazda 6 from before. So if I can drive, if, if, I bought, if I had bought both cars cash, as an example, then it would have cost me the same exact to run the Mazda 6 every single day versus the Model S. Now, depreciation would impact that, obviously, because the Model S 75D without hard, uh, FSD hardware would depreciate. The net depreciation of that car would be more than the Mazda 6. But then with that one would argue that in about five years, the Model S 75D is going to be way more valuable than the Mazda 6 because if we're shifting to EVs, gas cars become a liability, not, you know, because there'll be less and less gas stations. It becomes harder and harder to fuel your car, right? So there's a lot of variables at play here. So I think that's one. And now that the car, now that the cost of the car has come down to a level where um, you can get a Model 3 lease for, say, 350 bucks a month, which is cheaper than a Camry and and basically every case in the United States because of the dealership network freaking marking everything up. Then you have a situation that you already have running costs that are lower than the competing gas car. And then you also are marrying up the cost of the car itself versus this competition. You have a double whammy effect at that point. It's affordable enough for people to get into it. And the running costs per mile 
are the same or lower, actually lower than a competing car in this class. And I believe that is the metric that's really dri- driving EV adoption. would love to hear your thought, y'all's thoughts, but that's where I'm at with that. And I, and I feel pretty, pretty confident about saying that. Um, yeah. Cars are so expensive right now to purchase a own. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I hope that was helpful. What's the update with Cybertruck pricing? Will Tesla honor pre-order pricing for all 1.6 million pre-orders? I really don't think so. I believe when Elon was asked this at, when was this? Last year's investor day or last year's uh, shareholder meeting? I forget when this was, y'all. Remind me. Pretty sure he said that prices will change. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised. I would. <laughs> if I were them. But I do think it will change. But I don't think it's going to go as high as people think. I believe it's going to be like a dual motor, non-plaid, sort of the middle of the road version will come in at probably somewhere in the 70,000 range, which will allow it to take advantage of the EV tax credit in the US, which is $7,500 up to 80,000 for a truck, which is going to make that thing sell even more. I think the plaid, whatever high version will be above 80,000. And then whenever they get to the entry level truck, which I don't know when that will be, I believe it will be in the 50,000 range somewhere. My, my submissions, I could be 100% wrong, but that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, let me know. Bro, FSC is amazing. I agree, David. I agree. You're very welcome, William. Thank you for stopping by, man. Appreciate you. Okay, let's see this one. Uh, Chris, more stringent pollution control on cars sold in China starting July. Many cars can't meet requirements. Oh, so I guess would be new cars sold in China? Interesting. Let's see if I can find an article for this. Mods, if you can post a link, actually, that would be great. If one of the mods could find a link for this, I will, um, I will pull it up. I think mods are the only ones that can post links, uh, in the way we have set have a setup. Uh, I've been an imposter today, borrowed a VIN number for a Model Y from Berlin so I could take a Bloomberg survey. I was very happy with my car. Mimi, you are messing up the data. <laughs> I hope they don't see this. <laughs> hope no, no one from Bloomberg just saw the comment on the stream. Uh, Dana, question. When do you think we'll see robo-taxis on American roads or Chinese roads or any other road? I believe, so So here's what's weird about the robo-taxi word, right? So are you saying a car that is 100% tailor-made to be a robo-taxi 100% of the time, meaning no steering wheel or no pedals? Or do you mean a Model Y, as an example, that will drive itself as a robo-taxi but will be configured as a reg- regular car? Because they're two different things. I think the latter... The Model Y that will be added to the RoboTaxi network and do trial runs. I truly believe, man, like especially with version 11, get the parking lot stuff in there and just a couple more tweaks around the edges, man. End of this year, sometime next year, I, I actually think, I think end of this year is not out of the question if regulators allow it in very small trials that are super monitored. I really think we're that close, at least in my area. I could be 100% wrong. Um, I could see that happen by the end of the year. But it'll be very, very small, and it'll be super limited. It'll be kept to one city probably for for like a few months, maybe a year. Um, more realistically, I think by 2025, by 2025, I, I would be disappointed if we don't see a robo-taxi trial in some way, shape, or form. My My bullish optimistic self will say end of this year at the earliest based on the trends that I've been seeing with my own car. Uh, my realistic side, which is still pretty optimist, <laughs> will say by 2025, uh, the earliest. Thank you. Do you think when all car driving FSD, it is easier for the software because of human error? A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I'm a huge believer in that. If every car on the road is FSD, FSD will have the easiest job in the world. <laughs> the hardest part of FSD is getting it to be where it's at now. And then with every six, like every version thereafter, the more and more self-driving cars we'll have on the road, the, the less times the car will have to do something that is caused because of human error. So 
which is a weird thing, right? You would think as you you deep dive deeper into it, you have more and more difficulties. But the more self-driving cars there are on the road, the less human error we'll have on the road. The more self-driving cars we have on the road. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah, new cars in China. Okay, got it. Yeah, that's amazing. Here, we got a... Uh, Oh man, I won't let me click. I gotta do it from the studio. Okay, I'm. It's so cool being back with y'all in this format. We haven't done this in a long time. We should do this one more often. What do you guys think? Maybe every week. Maybe we'll just make Wednesday our our live stream day. What do you guys think about that? Do let me know. Hold on. Producer wife has this these things saved up. <sighs> See, I can still produce my own show. I'm not completely useless. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ishan. Let's see what. Um... Okay, here we go. Let's see. And share screen. Uh, China six regulations were proposed on May 26 and finalized in December 20, 2016. An English language summary of the China. April 2020, a delay from July 1st to January 1st, 21 was announced. Table four summarizes the final China six limits. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So this is for getting uh, much more fuel efficient cars on the road in China. Okay. Very helpful. Yeah, I think I think it's great for Tesla, right? Ultimately, that's a real that's a real big thing here. It's good for Tesla. Uh. New York professional, $5 super chat. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. Can uh, Tesla do a fully autonomous robotaxi for very short distances? Customers would drive on their supervised robotaxi. I think, I mean, the length of the robotaxi run, I don't think is that big of a deal. For me, it's more like, I don't. I think once they open it, they open it. I think an under a mile run doesn't really make it very useful. I think this thing's actually super useful when you can do it for, say, to the airport. And that's, you know, in, in a lot of places, that's a 30-mile drive, 20-mile drive, 50-mile drive, right? A lot of city centers. So, yeah, I think it's very important for that to, when it's open, that it's as useful as humanly possible. Because it will send a statement. You don't want to do this like Waymo cruise thing where it's like, I can take you from point A to point B as long as it's within this radius. And I don't even know if it's going to be useful for you. Where Tesla's like, just hail it and let it take you wherever. Just put it, put the thing and go. That will send a much stronger message. And I believe that's what Tesla will focus on is just being as useful as humanly possible. They could do that for like a very small trial run, let's say, but I just don't think that's what the trial is going to be. The trial is going to be Everybody in Austin can now, in Austin, in a 40-mile radius from city center, which is basically every suburb in Austin area, y'all can go anywhere in this area. And that's basically 99% of the driving that happens in this area anyway. I, I think that would be much more impactful. But it's, it's a good question. I just don't, I don't think that's very, <sighs> that's very uh, useful, uh, in my opinion. Oscar, is it too bullish to think Tesla can make more can take more market share. Um, not financial advice, as always. I think the Gen 3 compact car with autonomy hardware will take more market share than the Model Y and the Model Y and the Model 3 did in their in their own respective um, classes, in my opinion. I'll just I'll just say that. My opinion, I don't know. And I can tell you why. Should I tell you why? I should probably tell you why. <laughs> when you have a cost per mile with a electric vehicle that's $25,000 with the EV tax rate in the United States, that gets a lease payment at, with zero down at 6% interest-ish of uh, 250 bucks a month. Just a lease with zero down. You can get a brand new Tesla lease for 250 bucks a month. If Tesla were to offer its own Tesla insurance on top of that in regions where they can and bundle it with the car and add that same thing they did in Texas, which is $30 a month for unlimited charging at night from your house. 
like basically like, like, like a like a charging plan. And you add on top of that, say, a maintenance or warranty bundle with that car that gets it to, I don't know, say it's uh, you pay 50 bucks a month or whatever that number is to just basically like a, like Apple Pay, like not Apple Pay, like Apple Care, but you do Tesla Care for your car. Basically, anything that happens with the car, we got it. Even include tires in there if you want. The net price, the net all-in price for that Tesla would be like 400 bucks a month. And then that will come with the autonomous hardware where at, you already can have access to a car significantly better than anything else in its class at $400 a month, all in. Like every single cost you could ever think of with your car is all included. And then at any point, you can turn on the full self-driving stack that says, yeah, for this month, I want to use full self-driving. You pay, I don't know, 200 bucks a month or whatever additional. And then you have just entered into the most luxurious type of driving, which is not driving in a thing that has the best entertainment offering of any vehicle ever with that screen and the sound system and the interface and everything and the connectivity. You have now entered that state-of-the-art experience for $400 a month all in. Why wouldn't you take that deal? <laughs> My opinion. Y'all tell me if I'm thinking about this incorrectly. I actually feel very, I have a lot of conviction about this thesis. It just feels like a complete no-brainer. And Tesla will be able to do that profitably, at least in the United States and really everywhere else. Just kick it up a little bit because of the lack of EV tax credit. You know, maybe an additional 100 bucks a month or something. No other car maker offers that. And the amount of value you get for that money is completely insane. And Tesla will do it at a profit like at a profit higher than any other automaker. They'll have the lowest cost per mile with a profit margin that's higher than anyone else. How do you not how do you not take more market share than you are now when you have that formula, right? And then extrapolate that out to 2030 and then see if competition will follow them along to that point. What competitor that exists will have the scale, the knowledge, the expertise, the talent the supply chain, the raw materials secured, the vertical integration, the in-house insurance, and the ability to offer a car that will barely break and offer your own plans because you have all the data you need to make it as profitable as possible for you. What other thing exists that will be able to do that by 2030? I don't see it. And so when they say 20, 20 million cars per year production, there will obviously be demand for it <laughs> because of those that formula I just outlined. Tell me if I'm a moron. I would love to hear. Anyway, I'm, I'm as you can see, I'm quite passionate about it because I think I'm. I think I. I think I think it's a no-brainer. If if I'm a regular person, I don't know why I don't do that. In my opinion, Eric, question: What are your thoughts on the first use case for Tesla bots? Some theories are thinking Model S X production support. Yeah, I do think the first use case for a Tesla bot will be in the factory in, in some shape or form, you know, just carrying freight from one part of the warehouse and uh, or factory to another, or maybe they'll use it in the distribution network for parts distribution for service centers and body shops and stuff. So I could see that being the first use case. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's there yet. I... I uh, yeah, I don't think it's there yet. I saw the video. I saw parts of the video with Scott. I believe he was on Dr. Nodal's channel, or was it on Herbert's channel? I believe it was Herbert's channel, where I think th there is a uh, hypothesis, and you can hear my dogs. They've seen that channel, that video as well. They have a hypothesis that the Tesla bot is already being used. I don't think so, because if the Tesla bot makes one mistake in a factory environment, when it's not being fully supervised 24-7, I think it will cause a situation where the line could go down. And the last thing you want in manufacturing is your line going down. And I don't, I don't think that Tesla bot is there yet. So my opinion, I could be wrong, but uh, soon enough. Soon enough. <laughs> no moron. It's a no brainer. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Jaybird, the biggest bar barrier, oh, barrier, Super GT, shout out. The biggest barrier to EV adoption going forward will simply be knowledge. The general public is not as knowledgeable, so many simply won't know what they're missing. Yeah, for sure. Until, you know, uh, the you know, like GT, GPT-4 style, 
everybody's like, dude, did you know you can download the Tesla app and hail a car and we can go downtown for like 10 bucks versus paying 60 bucks for Uber? Let's do it. That's that will be the that will be the moment that it turns over. It's sort of that I think Tesla is at the point now or it's getting to the point where they're no longer going to attract a customer base because of prestige or how cool it is. It's going to be a no-brainer decision based on the economics of that technology. And I don't think a lot of people are grasping that. The for this decade, that's going to become Tesla's greatest strength versus any other competing product. It's going to be that formula. How much money am I paying to get what I need from this product? And because of Tesla's scale and their supply chain, they are in a prime position to capitalize on that. As, every, as everyone else has had to increase their prices to keep profit margins for the last five years, Tesla is going to be lowering their prices and retaining the same profit margin and potentially even increase it because of the software side. And they have the scale. They have the scale to do 2 million, 3 million, 5 million, 8 million, 10 million, 20 million. They will have that scale moving forward. You know, with the Mexico purchase, you think about the land area that they've purchased so far and extrapolate that out to how many units they could produce on that land. Fremont is 650,000 units right now. Shanghai has enough land for 2 million. They're at one. Now they're expanding it to 2 million. Berlin is at half a million, expanding it to a million. So that's three and a half million. Austin is on uh, 1,700 acres, will be 1 million at the current one, significantly more than a million, say 2 million once that's fully built out. So that's five and a half million. You put Mexico, which is going to be at least 2 million based on the footprint of it, same as Austin, that's seven and a half million. Tom Zhu said they'll be building a parallel factory with Mexico that will be about the same size ish. That's not 2 million, that's nine and a half million. So Tesla has already secured the land area for nine and a half million cars. They, of course, have to put the freaking factories on that land area, but it's it's secured. They have it like, yo, we, we're here. <laughs> if we wanted to build a, the thing to get to nine and a half million, 10 million units per year, we will. And that, of course, takes time. You know, and we can argue, will it take two million, two, two years? Will it take five years? That doesn't really matter to me so much is when have you secured the land area and the factory to be able to get the 20 million units per year. And there's no one else even close. Tesla has already secured enough land area for factories that will mirror the same production capacity than the largest automakers today right now in Volkswagen and Toyota and GM to an extent. These guys are doing 10 million a year. Tesla has already essentially secured that land to get to those levels. They have to expand and they have to build the factories on top of it, but that's already secure. So it's already part of the plan. Like they're actively working towards that. So they're already at 10 million. They have seven years to get to 20 million. That's how I think about it. And that scale is going to allow them to get that cost super low. So I hope I'm not ranting. <laughs> I should be convicted. <laughs> Did I say, I may have say convinced. Maybe I, I said convicted. Shout out to Richard for his amazing humor. Who likes who likes uh, not legal advice's humor? I think it's a ten out of ten. What do you guys think? Or like a sixty nine out of fifty? You know, it's really good. Iceland would be perfect. They basically have one big road around the island for full self driving. That would be dope. And you know, I I keep being told about Iceland and need need to go visit it. I have to go visit it. <laughs> Ranting, yes. <laughs> we love your rants. Thank you. You are ranting. Yes. Oh, Matt Smith. My God. Uh, can we can we ban Matt Smith from the chat? <laughs> is it the same Matt Smith or is it a different Matt Smith? Is it the same Matt Smith that needs to uh, reduce his internet quality on good soil because his face is so freaking ugly? <laughs> Compared to your humor, it's top tier. Listen, I, I will concede that point. <laughs> Not canine advice. <laughs> not legal advice leaves my innards and knots. You know, it, it's hilarious about Richard because um, it's like I, I every time we stream, he'll say something and then producer wife will be like laugh and I can hear her from, from downstairs. 
it's i think you should seek a uh you should seek a a career in stand-up maybe put it on your maybe you should do a every week you should do a live stream stand-up routine for us i think that's a good idea what do you guys think i think it's a really good idea hey buddy my birthday's coming up will you jump out of the cake how much <laughs> you don't want me jumping out of any cakes um i'm glad you made you, i made you laugh susan thank you for so much for supporting the channel by the way really appreciate you uh any thoughts on on the idea of tesla stationing an optimus bot at each tesla supercharger location for a completely hands-free charging experience i think this is 100 happening because it will be much easier to build one bot and put it at a charging station of say 40 plugs then rebuild 40 plugs to be the snake charger it will actually probably be cheaper like cost wise especially with the maintenance costs so i think this is 100 happening and such an innovative way of solving the charging issue right uh, i agree I, I i think i think um have you ever thought about tesla becoming a monopoly in energy robotics and environmental real world ai I think there is a risk for Tesla to become a monopolistic threat if com competitors don't wake up en masse and we don't have a healthy industry of companies that are matching Tesla's speed of innovation and how they're securing the supply chain. And they won't be a monopoly, in my opinion, because they are actively seeking to be one it's because literally everyone else is just not not catching up as quickly as they should and i think there is an argument for the fsd stack to be be monopolistic in nature at some point if if no one else is able to solve the real world problem of like artificial intelligence as far as being able to you know the, the vision part of the equation if that really becomes the true solution tesla is by far the farthest along and I think there is a chance it could become something like akin to the seatbelt where back in the day we've talked about this many times on this channel and by the way everything that i say is stuff that i've learned from other people <laughs> so i think that's what all of us are anyway i think the there's a there's a bigger argument for that being the case than tesla having this huge moat that no one else is going to be able to break i think at some point it's going to be so damn useful and such a lifesaver in the long run that any car that doesn't have the technology will not be allowed to operate on the road. And the question becomes, is Tesla the only the sole provider of that software? Will somebody else step in step in? But I think one thing, one thing that is for sure is that it's deflationary in any way. In in, in sort of any of those any of those things. If it does become monopolistic, I really do think, or near like it becomes really, really big, I think it will just lower the cost of those things dramatically. And that's why I view Tesla as sort of like a deflation force on, on a lot of technology. So it's, a, it's deflation for transportation and it's deflation for robotics if they get the Tesla bot done. And it's uh, deflation for energy generation and storage. And this is great for people, right? Because that's more access for all of us to these technologies. I think. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. But that's what I think. Thanks for the question. How did kayaking go? Uh, don't know yet. It's this weekend, maybe. I might chicken. I might chicken out. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, man. What other questions do you have? Let me know in the comment section below. Brian, what's life without a good rant? I agree, man. I rant a lot. If y'all were here with, with like my wife and I in the kitchen, some, some days I'll be like going for an hour and a half on stuff. And then she's just like, by the end of it, she's like, can you just, can you just stop? She calls me, she tells me I'm going to be like uh, one of those like old men, you know, that's just like, just rants about stuff all the time. I'm already there. So I think I'm getting it out of my system. So that by the time I'm, you know, more experienced, I'll just be, you know, I'll be at peace. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> Salman, hi Farzad. Are you all in on Tesla? A hundred percent of my stock is in Tesla. I do have real estate as well and like a tiny bit of Bitcoin, but most of my a hundred percent of my stocks are in Tesla, and um, I would say what like sixty percent, seventy percent of my net worth now is probably real estate. Um, I haven't done the math in a, in a while, but hopefully that's uh, helpful. Trust me, you don't run as much as I do. Rant as much as I do. We should have a rant off. <laughs> 
I've always said producer wife is a hero. Listen, producer wife, as she puts up with a lot of my stuff. But here's the deal: if y'all saw the self-driving video, the version eleven three three, it's not a one-sided street here, y'all. Like I put up with some stuff, and there were a couple of things that happened on that video where I was getting blamed for stuff that I wasn't even doing. It was the car, and she knew that. And her default thing was, oh, my God, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's the car. And then she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> she's an angel, but she's not the. No, she's an angel. I'm kidding. <laughs> I should probably stop now. When will I be able to buy a 911 on the used market for 10K? Probably never, because I think Porsche 911s will become I mean, they're classics already. I think there are certain gas cars that will forever be like very very valuable and actually i've started building a um like a list of the all the gas cars that i would buy that i want i want to build a garage of like classic what i would consider classic cars right and let me actually share with you what it is let me answer a few more as well we're going to be here for a little while longer too don't worry i'm not going anywhere um i'll share that list here in a second where is it? Let's see. Uh, ice car collection. So I'm going to have, I'm going to try to get a Honda S2000, a Mazda Miata, a Jeep Wrangler, like one of those, what is the YJs, the, the two-door manuals, none of this automatic four-door crap. <laughs> Great cars, but that's, I don't, I don't want that one. A 911, a Porsche 911, but it has to be manual. It has to be manual without those weird headlights that it had that was kind of like, weird it wasn't like circular it was this weird like shape i don't want that one i want like the circular ones uh a ferrari 458 which we're a long ways away from that one and we're even a longer way away from a pagani huayra so i want to get those six cars in a garage somewhere just to keep it for myself because i think those are just beautiful awesome cars you know at different price tiers that i think are dope super super dope <sighs> are you living off your investments? Yes, I am living off my investments. And um, yeah, and this honestly, this YouTube channel, what's what's been really fascinating about this YouTube channel is it's sort of turned into a legitimate income stream too, which has been, you know, I wasn't really built it with that intention in mind at first, but uh, to be completely transparent, it's actually, it's a legitimate source of income. And if you've ever wondered about, do if YouTube is a legitimate source of income, I think if you really focus on bringing value and reinvest as much as you can into the channel and really just be treated as a profession, I really think a lot of folks would be quite successful with it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. Thank you. At least somebody, somebody is keeping me in their, in their thoughts in respect to producer wife. Breakfast pizza question. No better kind of pizza. What do you miss the most from your days working at Tesla? I would say... I would say having a being surrounded by the smartest people on earth, like on a daily basis, working on really hard problems. Um, it's a certain type of st a stimulation that's very hard to replicate anywhere else. It's almost it, it's like addicting. It's a you get a dopamine dopamine dopamine. I can't even say the word. You get a hit of that <laughs> whenever you complete those really tough challenges. And because Tesla has a knack for just bringing in the best talent that one would be able to think of, honestly, I think they become, um, you have this sort of formula that you're surrounded by these people and you're just constantly solving problems that are, that seem impossible. And you get it done. That's super dope. And I, and I really miss my friends. Yeah. I keep up with them. Uh, as often as I can, I actually got to hit up one of my buddies. I haven't hit him up in a while, but um, yeah, the people, which is weird, right? Because when it most comes to like, what was your favorite memory about a job? It's the people. Ultimately, the longer it goes, it's the people. It's the people. Yeah. Good days. Would I go back? Probably not. I, I think I like this. Whatever I got going on is just more chill. And I think I can, I'm still getting that fix from my, sort of like working on difficult things because YouTube is a lot harder than it looks, <laughs> especially if you really want to be, if you really want to make something that's unique and different and, you know, approaching it brand new, 
you're very vulnerable. You make yourself extremely vulnerable to a lot of things, especially the more you grow, you start getting attacked <laughs> for lack of a better word. And that can be quite challenging, but that's like 1% of it. The rest of it is like ensuring that you're always trying your best to be as honest and as vulnerable as possible, focusing on building, building a community. Um, when you mess up, you make the correction. So you like, overcoming that resistance about, you know, well, if I, if I make a mistake on camera, if I do something stupid or I say something stupid or look stupid, then people are not going to like it. They're not they're going to make fun of it or whatever. I think that's a big wall that you have to constantly break through so that you can get, um, so you can get to the next stage of that learning. You don't really get there unless you do that. So I, I live in discomfort 40% of the time <laughs> with this thing, because I'm constantly, I'm constantly thinking, okay, is this going to be, is this going to work? Is this going to work? Is this going to work? Am I being too repetitive? Am I doing this too much? Am I doing that too much? What should I do next? What should I not do next? Right? So I'm constantly thinking about that stuff. And um, it takes up a lot of my mind. Like I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm kind of like, probably burnt out, to be completely honest. Uh, Cindy and I are going on vacation beginning of May to try and sort of disconnect for a week. But I found that if I'm home, if I'm home just hanging out, it's very hard for me to disconnect from, from this thing because I'm constantly thinking about ideas and what to talk about next. So the disconnecting part of it is very difficult. So yeah, just to give you guys a little bit of insight. Uh, another another uh, rant, look at that. Uh, Julie Wow, question. How about you interview someone with Hertz so we can understand that dynamic? Great suggestion. If I can get somebody from Hertz, I'll definitely do that. Uh, what's the picture behind you? Cyber RV concept? Yeah, it's actually a picture from uh, Dave Lee's Twitter. He did a, uh, uh, what is it, mid-journey AI thing of the cyber van, what a Tesla cyber van would look like. And I think it looks dope as hell. So, yeah. That's what that is. What are your thoughts on Tesla App Store? I think it can be a demand leverage. Uh, I mean, I think once Teslas drive themselves everywhere, this is a no-brainer concept. Yeah, that's a no-brainer, no-brainer concept. And I think it, it will do a lot of good things for, for Tesla long-term, for sure. Uh, here we go. Uh, Airborne. Th Hi, Farzad. I'm glad I saw your stream. I wanted to say thank you for videos and tips. I'm a grad student. I'm currently in the interview process of Tesla. Congratulations, dude. Kill it. You're very welcome, man. I hope, uh, I hope it's, uh, I hope it turns out exactly how you want it to turn out. And I think as long as you try, try your hardest, you increase your chances drastically for that. So congratulations, dude. And thank you so much for the kind words. How do you keep yourself sane since you're not doing a nine to five? That is by far the most challenging part. You know, it's such a stupid first world problem that I, I get to wake up every single day and do whatever I want. And there is a constant battle of, am I doing the right thing? <laughs> Am I doing the right thing right now? That happens a lot. I don't know if I've figured out how to keep myself sane because producer wife is constantly telling me to sort of ensure that I'm disconnecting and taking a break and resting and stuff. And that's very hard for me to do. I just think I'm wired to always be engaged in doing or building something. And that's why this YouTube thing is so fun for me because I, I feel like I'm building something, you know? The jury's still out if it's valuable. <laughs> You're here, so I'm guessing you find it valuable. Uh, and I, I'm deeply appreciative. Like, I really, really appreciate I really do. I really, really appreciate that. But it's a, it's a challenge. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do. You know, I've started working out as of three months ago again. So I go to the gym four times a week, trying to, you know, trying to put on some muscle on this lanky-ass frame. <laughs> so that's been really nice. Very, very nice. I try to get at least eight to nine hours of sleep. I try to eat as healthy as humanly possible. I, you know, obviously I don't succeed on that uh, as much as I should, but I really try. Uh, yeah, just the basics, man. Just the basics. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. What other questions do you all have? For the App Store, I was thinking more about the Uber app delivery nurse, et cetera. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm following your question. Uh, maybe maybe help me understand it better. I'm thinking App Store is when you get into your Tesla, you're able to just you know say do the Hulu app or do a Tesla specific app that you can do on their cars or something. That's kind of what I'm thinking. So uh, try starting a hobby that isn't tech focused. I've tried. So that's what my guitar is, and that's why I've been you know I, I posted that Metallica cover not too long ago again. That's sad but true. What a banger of a song. <laughs> um, yeah, I play chess as often as I can. You know, I've been playing chess basically every day. But what happens is by the fourth game, I make such a stupid blunder and I just rage quit. <laughs> I think I have like an issue with uh, perfectionism in a way. I, I think I really have an issue with like if I, if I don't do something perfectly, I get really frustrated. And then I'm like, I beat myself up over it. I was actually listening to a... Um, um, a uh, podcast with Joe Rogan and uh, uh, what's his name? Peter Atia. I forget his, what his name is. They talk about that. It's a fascinating listen. It's the latest Joe Rogan podcast. I highly recommend it. Have you take, uh, have you talked about, uh, have you take about done of the regression in FST? I've noticed some in 1133. I, I honestly, to be completely honest in my area, my, my neck of the woods, I've, I've seen zero regression in FST. I've just seen a step change in performance. My personal experience. Um, Uh, how far down the rabbit hole are you for Bitcoin? Did you buy because Tesla did earlier? I've had Bitcoin since 2020 ish, 2019. Um, it was because I, I felt that it was a, you know, I have a lot of family in Iran and Bitcoin is a legitimate alternate form of currency because the economy and the currency there are so unstable. And I saw that there was a legitimate use case for it, in, especially in nations that don't have stable governments and stable currencies. And that in itself told me, it's like, okay, this thing has potential. Like how, it's like literally like people can just exchange currency at any time. I think that in itself is very, uh, very powerful. Yeah. So that, that's, that's, where I, that's, that's why I invested in it. Spot on brother, freedom money. Yeah, that's, that's what it feels like. It's pretty cool. It's very, very cool technology. Are we expecting more giga announcements at next earnings or at a later date? Great question. So next earnings is April 19th, which is about three weeks away. Um, yeah, there could be an announcement for the next giga there. It might be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe, maybe once Mexico breaks ground is when we'll get the next announcement. But it could it could be announced at the earnings call. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Crypto is rat poison. <laughs> I I the only one I really understand is Bitcoin. The other ones I just don't understand. I don't know why Ethereum is better than Bitcoin. I know they have these uh, contracts, right? These are uh, things that you can set up rule based things that move tokens around based on people achieving those thresholds or whatever. But why wouldn't you be able to do that with Bitcoin, right? So it's it's interesting. How is your Persian? It's dog poo poo. It's very bad. I can understand it well, um, like pretty fluently, but I can barely speak it. I can I can't write it and I can't read it. Halushamachatode is basically my best sentence, which means "How are you doing?" in Farsi, <laughs> aka Persian. Um. If I recall correctly, you mentioned in your video that to hit 20 million cars per year, we need five more gigos, right? Yeah, we fund the math that I did earlier in the stream and sort of my previous videos. If you assume that all new gigafactories from Tesla that will be announced are 2 million, not including the one that will be announced once gigafactory tech, uh, Mexico breaks ground, which Tom Zhu pointed to, that there are already about nine and a half million production from the land area that they've secured for each one of the factories they've announced and the one they'll announce after Mexico breaks ground. And if each factory from that point forward is 2 million units per, then it's then it's five more, right? Five times two is 10. 10 plus 9.5-ish is another 10. You know, 10. That's 20 million. Maybe maybe an additional one, maybe six more. But it's it's not as far as as I think some folks are saying. Um, yeah. 
Question, uh, will any Tesla with FSD have an emergency mode to take you to a hospital when you are having a heart attack to a pregnant woman, pregnant woman going into labor? I'm sure of it. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be as easy as, um, you know, it might recognize the, excuse me, whoa, excuse me. <laughs> it will recognize the, like the, the stress in the person's face or the sort of like the stuff they're saying as, as a distress signal. And then it will either take them to a place based on the command that the person says in the car or how they look or maybe some other thing. But yeah, I, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it would be able to do that for sure. Any thoughts on Tesla doing some sort of hybrid tiny house RV concept? It could touch on ba uh, vehicle, battery, solar, HVAC. It seems like maybe a middle ground on building homes. I believe that Tesla could very well get into the house side of the business if they wanted to, which optimizes for, for solar roof. So why has solar roof taken so long to ramp? I believe it's because it's hard as hell to build a solar solution that will be able to account for say, um, most roofs, right? And most roof, most roofs are, custom you know they have angles that are unique you know you have home builders that are kind of crank out the same model but they have different configurations of it but the variety of roofs at least in the united states is quite massive and so you almost have to do a one-off build for every solar roof you know for, for those things whereas under the situation where you tesla was able to either partner with a home builder or make their own house that would be exactly static every single time, then the solar roof equation becomes much easier to solve because you've optimized the build out of the, of the roofs to be almost like cookie cutter, right? You've just standardized the process. So under that scenario, I can see that happening personally, personally. Y'all tell me if I'm, if I'm going crazy on that or not. <laughs> okay, what do we got? What's next, what's next? Why do you think it's taking so long to cover the roofs of gigas with solar panels? It ain't because they can't afford it. Supply, maybe priority, right? Uh, companies have priorities and maybe they've just, you know, they have some priority stuff. Might be supply of the solar panels. They're prioritizing it to sell them versus putting it on the roof. Could be a variety of, of a bunch of stuff, but um, yeah. Okay, let's do a couple more and then uh, and we'll call it here. Please introduce your guitars in a brief history. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fun. Let's do it. All right. So this guy, this guitar was purchased uh, when I went to college at Penn State. This thing is, so I was there, what, 2000, 2007, I think I bought it. So this thing's what, 15, 16 years old? It's awesome. It's an explorer shape. I bought this because I'm a huge fan of James Hetfield from Metallica. <laughs> and he uh, plays a lot of these explorer shaped guitars. Uh, I bought it for 500 bucks. So this is this one. And then this one. This one I bought last year. This one is a uh, Jackson. It's got a, a Rose Floyd bridge, which means it can go up and down like that. And yeah, this one's really cool. This one plays really well. And I purchased this for like 900 bucks or something. Awesome guitar. It plays really, really well. But I like the other one a little bit better because it's just uh, more chunky. It makes a chunkier noises. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, let's do one more and then we'll call it a day. What do you guys think about that? Yeah? Dun, da, da, da. Bye, Mimi. Thank you so much for stopping in. Appreciate you very much. Thank you. Let's do one more. Who's got the last question? Who's got the last question? And... Has anyone in the community done a deep dive in, on Panasonic's business? I made a small investment there 10 years ago, thinking it would be a smart pick and shove play for Tesla. It hasn't been great. Yeah, Panasonic, I haven't really done a, a deep dive on that. I think Panasonic is sort of probably high volume, low margin, if I were to think about it. 
And I think that kind of business model, you know, I don't know, I don't know how much more room it has to go. I think Tesla and Panasonic are two very different kinds of companies, but I'd love to, uh, if anybody has any deep dives on that, I think that might be very, very helpful. Um, yeah. All right. Let's end up with this one. What's your bull number for Q1 deliveries? My bull number is 440,000 deliveries, 445. I think they'll probably come in at like 430, 435, probably closer to 430 if I were to guess. Um, we'll see. We'll see what, uh, what they come out with. It'll be in about what? Four days on Sunday, four or five days. So I'm excited to see what, what numbers they report. So, uh, anyway, I think we should end it there. We're exactly one hour in. Uh, awesome. I'm going to do this every week, man. I really love getting back and really connecting with the community and just hanging out with y'all and just having a really good time. Um, I just love you guys so much. Thank you so much for stopping in. If you want to see from more from this channel, subscribe below. If you want to join our private discord, join. If you want to have um, access to member only content on Fridays, you can join below as well. And thank you so much. I hope this was fun. And uh, yeah, I look to do these every week. I think it's just really cool to connect with y'all uh, as often as possible. Thank you guys. Love you. We'll see you in the next one. Oh, I got to do this video like producer wife always does. Okay, here we go. Wait, how do I do this again? Uh-oh. Okay, here we go. Thank you guys. Bye.